All human thought, all science, all religion is the holding of a candle to the lightest bars in us. Are we here because we gaze at the stars, or do we gaze at the cosmic here, point the truth? When the stars were right back, they could plunge from world to world to the sky. But when the stars were wrong, they could not live. But although they no longer lived, they would never really die. When the universe is vast and inexplicable, and you are weak and insignificant, then you know you are playing Call of Cthulhu. This is an actual play of Call of Cthulhu 7th edition, featuring adult themes and horror. Listener discretion is advised. Find our published scenarios at starsarewrite.com or contact us for help unleashing your own twisted tales upon an unsuspecting world. And now, settle in, dear listener. Intrigue, high adventure, and cosmic horror await when the stars are right. Hello and welcome back, listeners. Today we will be playing session 17 of The Children of Fear, written by Lynn Hardy and Friends and published by Chaosium. Who are you all playing and how are you today? How? I'm Dr. Eudora Lockhart and I want to get sucked through this mirror like in Mary Poppins and then go for a song and dance routine by the lake with some penguins. Brayden. Hey, Brayden, playing Bazaz. Excited <laughs> to be here. <laughs> <laughs> What has Brayden been replaced with? <laughs> so some sort of <laughs> mimic <laughs> noxicals. I am playing Timur Stepanovich Rapin, and uh, I'm dusting off my Santa hat as we go Christmas Day relic hunting. And Lydia. Hi, I'm playing Hasina Moyes. Cannibal, not entirely reformed yet. And I'm Fedra, you keeper for the day. And I foresee fun times through my magic mirror. <laughs> Lydia. Tell us what happened last time. The investigators arrive at Srinagar with the wounded messenger and his mysterious wallet of encrypted documents. Returning him to the care of his employers, the party is warmly thanked and is promised that if they ever need help, they have only to call on the British Raj for a favour. So what was in the wallet? Military dispatches? Secret intelligence documents? A recipe for the invention of chicken tikka masala? Perhaps we shall never know. While on the road to Srinagar, the party busy themselves in study. Timur works on sharpshooting. Eudora Lockhart spends her days urchin wrangling in a valiant attempt to get Shen Chu to do her homework, while Sofian practices his climbing skills, and Hasina learns the basics of using a knife for self-defense. During the journey, Sofian tries to heal Hasina's damaged mind, but his efforts are in vain. Her madness runs too deep and she is still lost in the horrors of her recent supposed death and resurrection as a pisacha. She appreciates the effort, though. Maybe they'll try again, next time. When they reach the city, Sofian makes a pilgrimage to his brother's grave. Every day he brings flowers, reminiscing about the past and talking with the departed, but psychological disquiet seems to be in the cards for him, too. Sofian begins to feel he was responsible for his brother's death, he remembers how Adam tried to avoid military service in the Great War, faking insanity and bringing shame on the family. The bitter taste of guilt takes hold of Sofian. But he is also angry at his brother for trying to shrink from duty, when he himself is on a mission to save the entire world. His memories grow sour, 
and his connection with his brother, once the most treasured memory he has, is severed. He never thinks of Adam again. In a solemn mood, the party leaves to search for the mystical lake. They find all that is left is earth and a tree-covered mound. Tenzin helps them use a magic stone mirror to confirm that this is indeed the site they have searched for. They camp down for the night under the stars, intending to resume their search for the magical bowls in the morning. Eudora raises their spirits somewhat with some enforced Christmas jollity and carol singing. That night, even the most troubled among them find a little peace. Tenzin has just proclaimed that you must be at the right place to find the ritual bowls. You make your way to the base of the stupa among the bushes and weeds. There are obvious signs that someone has been here before you. Although judging by the state of the growth on the trees and shrubs, the visit must have been at least a couple of months ago. Tenzin turns to you again and he says, Use them along once more, friends. That way we can locate the source of the spring which fed the lake. That is where the bowls are said to be buried. I, uh, I found it difficult to concentrate on the mirror whilst moving. Um, it may be that we... I don't know, take it in turns and uh, face in different directions, maybe. Teamwork makes the dream work. Yes. <laughs> Teamwork roll me a power roll. It looks like my kitten has stolen one of my dice. Uh, that's a pass. That's 52 versus 70. Great work. With your pass, you actually feel a bit more confident moving slowly. And it doesn't take you very long to locate the source of the spring. It appears to be the area that has been most disturbed. I'll point it out to everybody. When you're down using the mirror, Timor, please roll me a sanity. Okay. Don't want to. <laughs> oh, that's a four. Lovely. Very well done. Cleaning the greenery from that area takes you a little while. Digging through the rubble and soil confirms that someone else has already been here particularly when a dirt-stained handkerchief bearing the hand-stitched monogram RFM is unearthed. Further digging reveals a square-cut recess in the base of the stupa, where something was obviously secreted. There are traces of staining in the mud bricks from what were probably the metal bands wrapped around a box of some sort. Tenzin says, This might be another opportunity for us to use the mirror. One last time, perhaps? Hmm. Does anybody else wish to try? Sofian, I believe it's your turn. I can give it a go. Uh, I succeed on my power roll. Normal, hard or extreme? Uh, I'm one off a hard. So I'll spend a point of luck to make it a hard. Okay. Uh, Tenzin, while you do that, says uh, tells you to make sure to think of something that links your thoughts to that time of interest. And clearly you do. And you see a thin, sweating man repeatedly dabbing his forehead with a handkerchief while scraping soil out of a hole in the stupa's mound. The image is shadowy, slightly out of focus, and completely silent. But you believe you'd be able to recognize this man if you saw him again. For your hard success, you also see the man withdraw an intricately carved wooden box from the hole. A man has been here recently. Stolen it thin man, sweaty. He took the box. I assume that's where the where the bowls were kept, Tenzin? 
It sounds right to me. As you say that, Sophia and the image fades, leaving you feeling slightly dizzy. Roll me sanity, please. It's a failure. Lose one sanity, please. Okay. Was there anything else um, that would help you identify this man? Was he a white man? Was he old, young? Was he attractive? Would you take him to dinner? <laughs> would you introduce him to your parents? Eudora, roll me a kill, would you please? <laughs> You're going to ask me to roll to determine the attractiveness of the man. Okay. Uh, that's a 22, which is going to be a hard success. You, of course, are very familiar with the concept of removing things from the dirt and taking them. I've heard of this. And you wonder what kind of person would do something like that, and then you realize it's perhaps a fellow archaeologist. You take a closer look at the handkerchief, and from the initials, you recall of an amateur archaeologist in Peshawar by the name of Robert Moorcroft. Does Eudora know what this Robert Moorcroft looks like, or has she just heard of him as a publication? I mean, she probably has just... You, you might have seen a... Since it was a hard, I'll say maybe you've seen a picture. Oh, perfect. Okay, well, in that case, I, um, I mentioned some identifying features to Sofian. I, I say, this sweaty man, did he look like... Insert description here. Yes. Well, that's, um, <laughs> uh, Moorcroft. Robert Moorcroft. Amateur archaeologist in these parts. I've heard of him. The devil, he got here before us. Well, I'm sure we can track him down. How did he know where to look? That's a dash good question. I bet he didn't have a magic mirror. Or a 1,100-year-old monk. Yeah, Tenzin, any colleagues of yours trotting around the place with other... You have to tell us if we're not the only crew trying to save the world. I've never seen anyone like me in my visions. Presumably this place is mentioned in legends and history books. If we have managed to find it by stumbling our way down the Silk Road, I'm sure somebody could find it with some research. Looking at the stupa, you said there was a square recess. Is that where someone carved out a square chunk to get at something that was buried in the wall? Or you're saying there was already a recess and you just had to, like, knock out the doorway or something? It's almost as if a box was buried and someone removed the box and hmm. the recess remained there. I'm just wondering if someone was scouring the area carefully, because this is the known site of a fabled lake, whether they might spot it. Or if it's the kind of thing where, unless you have a magic mirror to zero in on the location, you couldn't possibly find it. I think if, if you scour the place, you probably could find anything. Alright. Chap is probably just being methodical. They get very focused, you know? These archaeology types, I should know. You know where Robert Moorcroft would be now, Eudora? Yes, I have here a copy of Archaeologist Monthly with his address in. <laughs> Perfect. No, but you know that he is an archaeologist in Peshawar. And Peshawar has a museum. Oh, perfect. So they would know. Is Peshawar far? I think it's a day away, maybe. Sounds like that's our next destination. Um, I don't suppose there's anything much for us to do here. I guess not now. Unless there's anything else buried. Should we <laughs> keep searching just to make sure? <laughs> I didn't mean anything and not anyone, by the way. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> You may be right, we should double-check just in case. It couldn't hurt. Before we leave. 
We should just keep using this mirror, one sanity point at a time. Mm -hmm. So we all go indefinitely insane mm. here <laughs> in this river basin. Asina, are you looking for bodies? No, no, I, I, I was genuinely thinking, is there anything else that's that's buried there, like any, um, you know, artifacts or, well, anything really. I mean, if there was one box, then there might be more stuff. Roll me luck, Hesina. No, way off 81. You don't find anything. You spend several hours kind of scouring the place, but unfortunately... It seems like the box uh, was the only thing of value there to retrieve. Mm. Ah, worth a look. Worth a look anyway. Just in case. Time to circle up around the old campfire and uh, sing some Christmas carols. Ah. Let's do that and then make our way to Peshawar tomorrow. Post-haste. Excellent. You have a lovely Christmas. And then Eudora explains about Christmas crackers. Nobody really gets the point. <laughs> so the the jokes are funny. No, no, then actually the point is that they're really bad. And the, the, the crowns, they're, they look good. No, they make you look stupid. But you see, and the bang, it's loud, it's impressive. No, actually, it's always <laughs> underwhelming, but we have to have them. Well, there, there was a thing at the time. I'd like to think so. There's no other excuse to have Christmas crackers unless they've been a tradition for a very long time. Absolutely. I am going to give you a handout to read, specifically how. Here's a handout for you to read. Oh yes. Alright, buckle up everybody, here comes some history. The Kingdom of Gandhara is believed to have lasted for over 2,000 years. Originally an independent state, it was then ruled by the Persian Empire and the Greeks before being traded to Chandragupta, leader of the Mauryan Empire, for 500 elephants. The last great Mauryan to rule Gandhara was Chandragupta's grandson Ashoka, who introduced Buddhism to the area. After Ashoka's death, the Mauryan Empire crumbled, but Gandhara continued. Its unusual art style, a fusion of those of its many conquerors, including the Bactrian Greeks, Scythians, Persians, and Kushans, attracted attention from across the known world. Trade also flourished, and the Kushan Empire went on to extend the Silk Road through the Indus Valley to the Indian Ocean and the Roman Empire beyond. The kingdom fragmented after the arrival of the White Huns in the 5th century, from the 11th century onwards. It witnessed the arrival of Islam, the Mughals, the Afghans, the Sikhs, and finally, in the mid-19th century, the British. Gandhara, or what remained of it, became part of the Northwest Frontier Provinces in 1901 when they were separated from the Punjab. Thank you very much. A day or so passes, and you arrive at Peshawar. You approach the museum. Besides the front door hovers a large, sick policeman. He's tall and muscled, an imposing figure in a smart police uniform. He's wearing a turban and has a luxurious beard. He twitches his whiskers and gives you a friendly smile. I hope you have an enjoyable time in the museum, he says, and takes another step to the side, his eyes looking at a street corner behind you. I wiggle my moustache in response. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, friend. He wiggles his back. <laughs> <laughs> The more will glance back at the corner that he's looking at. Glancing back, you see a small gaggle of urchins peeking around the corner of the building, obviously waiting for the policeman to take his leave. <gasps> urchins. <laughs> Let's adopt them. How many can we adopt? Yeah. 
You're collecting them at this point. Shenzhu looks at them suspiciously. What's wrong, Shen? I just remember the things I did back when I was on the streets and they're in a group. Groups of us can be dangerous. I just like to keep an eye out. Well, thank you for the heads up. Turn back to the policeman at the front and mm. uh, say warmly, uh, Professor Moorcroft wouldn't happen to be in, or Mr. Moorcroft. Uh, I'm, I'm afraid I'm, I'm just a policeman. I don't, I don't work for the museum, but um, uh, feel free to go inside and, and, and speak to someone, someone there. Uh, it's a lovely museum. I definitely rec- recommend the visit. Thank you. We'll take a look. Um, I say, what? This is the first time I've seen gangs of street children so keen to get into a museum. Are they, are they striving for education? What's going on here? Oh uh, well, they're they're not uh, museum visitors per se. They like um, they like uh, pestering the museum visitors, uh, as asking for money and such. I'm just here trying to make sure that. Uh, this, this stay where they're supposed to be and uh, they don't displease the, the visitors of the museum, such respectable people. Oh, I see. Poor mites. Uh, Eudora, who it's on her character sheet, cares deeply about free access to education, um, will cup her hands to her mouth and shout at the street children, who must know English because everyone does. I say, you children, if you'd like uh, riches of the spirit, if you would like to to learn on this fine day, um, do do come along. I'll I'll show you around some of the exhibits. Knowledge is the true treasure. The children look confused and keep their distance. Well, your loss. Come along, Shenchu. I'm definitely not translating that for them. <laughs> <laughs> this would have turned into a school trip, wouldn't it? Like, miss, I want to go to the yeah. toilet. Miss, I don't feel sick. I feel sick, miss. Everybody make sure you've got your partner. <laughs> Can't find my pencil, miss. <laughs> Alas, it's not to be. Not this time. I have to content myself with Shen Chi. I, I'm going to read every single one of those little plaques next to the exhibits slowly <laughs> to Shen Chi. <laughs> I assume you into the museum. No one has told me, so I'm waiting. Yes, let's yeah. go inside. Oh yeah, and I'm grabbing a copy of any leaflets they've got. I want the full experience. Inside, the museum is a haven of peace and tranquility. Ah, smell that, Shenchu. That's the smell of history. Even though it's winter, it's not too chilly at all. From the lofty main hall, painted a gleaming white, visitors can see up to the second floor galleries, as well as catch glimpses of the side galleries on the first floor. Several Westerners and a few pilgrims meander through the exhibits. Some are sketching the statues. One young woman has even brought a folding stool with her. Sophian, this museum, it feels a little bit like deja vu of some sort, but you're not sure how. Mm. Are there Buddhas around? Buddha statues? Yes. I immediately take a huge gulp. Would you like to roll a sanity? (laughs) I would love to do that, yes. Wait, does Sofian have a Buddhaphobia? <laughs> uh, I succeeded on my Sunday roll. You're fine. I put my hands out and stop everyone and say, I'm, rem- I'm remembering something from one of those visions. These Buddha statues surrounding us, they just uh, tread carefully forward, friends. I'd, I have a horrible feeling about this. 
gosh. Uh, do let me know if you spot any bone altars as well. Still waiting for mine. I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> <laughs> Wandering around, you see an impressive selection of ancient artworks tastefully displayed in glass cases and on plinths and pedestals in the cool hallways and the main room. Tenzin is almost speechless with wonder at the sights on offer. These, these objects bring back many memories from my former life, he says. Really? Everyone, please roll me a spot hidden. Those dang street urchins are going to jump into the back of the Buddhas and pilot them <laughs> like necks. <laughs> <laughs> that, for Timur, is an extreme success. Oh, well done. Hard success over here. Regular. Regular success. Oh, Shen Chi has it hard. Oh my goodness. Everyone has succeeded. Well done. Pick those skills. You notice a display cabinet in a corner of the rear gallery, tucked away in the shadow of a large Buddha. Inside, resting on a row of seven stepped plinths, are a set of alms bowls. At least that's what they've been labelled as. All in a remarkable state of preservation. When Tenzin sees the bowls, he exclaims, There they are. Oh, but, oh dear. Oh, oh dear, th th this is all wrong, all wrong. He seems genuinely disturbed by the display. This bowl should have been placed the other way up. They're empty, C can't they see? Horrible stuff. The display's handwritten label claims that the bowls were unearthed by a Mr. Robert F. Moorcroft in the Andan Dairy region and are currently on loan to the museum. Hasina, would you like to give us a read of handout four? Yes, this is a note in front of the display and it says Alms Bowls. Copper tin alloy with meteoric iron. On loan from Mr. Robert F. Moorcroft, ICS. Looking at the bowls more closely, the museum has marked each one with tiny reference numbers in white paint. The bowls are remarkably plain, apart from a dimpled finish where they have been beaten into shape with a hammer. The label notes that they are made from a copper tin alloy with meteoric iron. One bowl is larger than the rest, approximately 12 inches across, while the others decrease in diameter one inch at a time, down to the smallest, at six inches across. The heights decrease proportionally from six inches down to three inches. Anyone with a relevant art skill, archaeology or history, you can tell that they look as if they contain iron, at least judging by the colour, and that such artefacts are anecdotally at least usually made from meteoric metals when hailing from countries without easy access to iron ore, such as Tibet. Tenzin says, having calmed down from his pre previous outburst, this uh, label appears to be incorrect in more ways than one. For a start, they are not arms balls, but they're intended for ritual offerings of water or other sacred fluids or objects. Secondly, they are made from a magical alloy of seven metals, many of which were gathered from the sites of lightning strikes and thereby blessed by the gods. It's, it's blazing sky iron. This set of bowls is even more hallowed, he says, as they were the great gurus, brought back from Tibet to my birthplace by Yesha Chogwell, and buried as Terma. I'm surprised that someone else found them, he says, but then shrugs amiably. Everyone has a part to play in the grand scheme of things, I suppose. Do we require all of the bowls? Indeed. Uh, I, I'm terribly sorry to say this, but I think we're going to need to steal these bowls. I don't think there's an easy way to get around this. 
we not start by talking to Mr. Moorcroft? Yeah, we could give it a go. I bet he's not going to want to give up his find, though. I suppose we could offer to buy the things. Yes. I tell you what, though. Some out-of-towners stroll into your museum, offer to buy your uh, prized find, um, and then it goes missing the next day. I mean, you're going to know who to blame, really, aren't you? We better hope negotiations go well, is what I'm saying. It's a fair point. And we persuade him that we know this Moorcroft? That perhaps we're working with him and we want to take them back for a display or for a lecture? Well, the, the chap's probably here, though. <laughs> they only need to go knock on his door to check. He might work at the very museum. That might be him over there. Everybody keep a low profile. Let's look around first. It does say it's on loan from him. Don't know why it would say on loan if this was the place that he frequents regularly or he works. Well, they probably count as his private collection. Clearly he hasn't donated them, just loaned them. Mm. Not every uh, lover of history is as um, philanthropic as you, Sofian. Shen Chu, um, I hesitate to encourage uh, your more uh, unsavory skills, but how you're you're an experienced purloiner how difficult would you say it would be to um abscond with these bowls um well right now it would be very hard because of all the people it's quite crowded and they are behind the glass mm. yes it could cause a distraction i there are a number of urchins outside who i'm sure would uh Provide a very good distraction for a few coins. That is a good idea. Distracting the policeman, perhaps, but everyone in the museum. Well, all right, all right. I think I, I think I feel a plan starting to form. We need to find some way of getting the policeman out of here. Some nearby crime, perhaps. So that the orphans can flood the place and keep everyone busy while we make off with the bowls. Could I suggest that one of us has our wallet stolen by some of the urchins and uh, runs off after them shouting for help and then the remaining orphans can come in and cause a scene? Good thinking, that man. I don't mind being robbed for a good cause. We would pay the urchins to follow the script, as it were. Oh, absolutely. You may wish to leave your wallet with one of us. Good thinking. And I, I'm not letting that flatfoot catch them. I'll trip him if I have to. Oh, I do hope that they aren't caught. You know, entering and pestering museum goers is one thing, but I'm sure the police wouldn't take too kindly to them stealing. A lot worse of a punishment. I've pickpocketed, it's true, uh, but I haven't stolen anything as important from such so big an establishment you seem very confident so i trust you but stealing is hard is there anything we can do to help you make this easier for you <laughs> she hasn't volunteered i love it <laughs> um if if i were to do this i wouldn't do it in the daytime <laughs> so we come back at night is what you're saying there are two approaches we attempt to do it now with a distraction, or we do it at night time when we will not need a distraction, but we will need to break in. 
That does pose its own challenges. I suppose the main problem we've got here and now is the glass case, correct? We can't just scoop them up and tuck them into a satchel. Also, how late does the museum open? I mean, if it's still open after dark, given that this is now December and sunset's going to be early, we could kind of keep looking around and then when it's dark, if the urchins are still there, that might make it a little bit easier if we have to run for it. Might be a tall order to ask them to hang out for uh, however many hours there. They're urchins. What else are they doing with their day? That's the point. Hard urchining. Not like they've got jobs to go to. <laughs> In fact, what time of day is it right now? The museum modern day closed at 12.30pm. I'm not sure what time it closed <laughs> back in the day. It doesn't say. I'll say 8.30 to 4pm. Mm. And the time now might be 9 or 9.30. You've looked around for a while, so maybe 10. We could check around the rest of the museum to see whether there seems to be security or how easy it would be to uh, find an entrance after closing time. Very good idea. That is a thought. We should case the joint, as I believe they say. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, yes. I'm picturing Eudora like, wandering around, like, doing the Mission Impossible music, while trying <laughs> to be subtle. Yeah. Oh yeah, she's very much humming... And probably, like, <laughs> trying to look what she thinks is nonchalant, but comes across as a, a cartoon character when that dun-dun-dun-dun-dun music starts playing. A great bowl heist. Heck yes. Sus. Let's do it. Very sus. This is like Ocean's Eleven, 1920s edition. <laughs> I love yeah. it. All right, let's take a look around. So what we're looking for, essentially, is... Are there guards or guards stations? Um, and if we were going to try and get in, not through the front door, which might be a bit obvious, what options mm -hmm. might be available to us? Yep. There is the police officer who was waiting outside, obviously. There appear to be two official entrances as you walk around for a while, uh, casing the joint. There are the front doors. And there's a service entrance to the side. Uh, you reckon that the first floor windows could be jimmied open and there are certainly sufficient handholds to be able to access the balcony and therefore the door or windows above the main entrance as well as the roof where another service door leads down into the building. We have a lot of good climbers amongst us. I look at Shenzhou. <laughs> Timur looks at uh, Sofian's feet. He's wearing his socks on the outside of his shoes. He's ready. <laughs> I'm still... I really love the uh, the urchin distraction technique, but uh, yeah, I guess I can't really see a way past this glass case. I mean, if we're, if we're quick and dexterous, we could smash it and get rid of the bowls, but it's going to attract people to this case. Yeah, maybe it is mm. safer to come back at night. What do you guys think? Yeah, if, if we can't just lift it up. I mean, it's safer in terms of us getting the bowls and not being caught by police, it is safer. But I believe in my vision, it was dark when we were surrounded by the Buddhas. Nobody's got any lockpick skills or anything like that, do they? No, I feel we're going to have to break the glass. Timor has a gun. <laughs> Timor has a gun, it's true. <laughs> 
a glass cut as a thing in the 20s and would we be able to buy one anywhere in like a marketplace if there's anything anywhere selling tools mm. like those ones that are kind of like a, a school compass that make a perfect circle in the glass mm-hmm. for you to remove yeah like a, a, a blade with diamond dust on it or something I mean there must be people who install windows and, and such like then yeah. they need we might get lucky it's a big city yeah we can find a glazer there might be a, a place selling tools yeah I mean it's quite a specialised tool so yeah. it definitely exists, apparently. Yeah. We could also hire the orphans to go and find whoever has the keys to this place, pickpocket them, and then the keys will be ours. That would be the most simple and effective answer. Isn't he going to be hanging out in, uh, like, in his office in the back of the museum? Or you mean like waiting for him to lock up for the night and then get him on his way? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that would that would work. Mm. Or burgle his office. Send mm. the children to burgle his office. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you think there'd probably be some spare keys in there as well. If there's maybe a janitor or something, I don't know. I would like to avoid getting any janitors in trouble if I can. Mm. Let's just come back here at night. Uh, we can jimmy this window open or climb up to the other one of the other stories. Yes, and, and if we can't get in for whatever reason, we can always just not leave any traces and then uh, come back again and, and, and lay an ambush for this curator fellow. Exactly. The less we get other people involved, the less know that we were the ones to do this. Good thinking. Does anybody have a pry bar? Someone in that caravan might do, right? Mm. In case they need to change a tyre or something. <laughs> Roll me luck. Oh, there are no wheels in our caravan, <laughs> remember. <laughs> We're just flintstoning it. <laughs> yes, uh, Tenzin went around and destroyed them all while we were sleeping. Oh, yes, <laughs> group luck roll 24. That's under 29. Ooh. Someone has a pry bar. Well done. Okay, let's wait for night then. Do we want to go and hit up the, the 1923... Peshawar equivalent of B&Q to see if they have a, a glass cutter. Yeah, definitely. Find the artisan quarter and, uh, yeah, find someone who cuts hmm. windows. Offer him way too much for a specialised tool as long as he doesn't ask what we need it for. I don't think it'll be particularly suspicious, maybe if we buy a couple of other random things as well. Like just some sandpaper and a hammer and whatever else. Yeah. Yeah. We could even send in one of our caravan people to do the negotiating. Yeah, like I, I'm sure we've got an actual person whose job it is to to, to fix things. So yeah. they would they would know the tools and they'd kind of have the right vibe and they wouldn't seem suspicious. Yeah. Yeah, you can take the rest of the day to acquire those things. Awesome. I'd also like a balaclava. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, some gloves, because I don't think law enforcement has started using fingerprints yet. Or maybe they have. Yeah, they probably have by the 20s. And a striped jumper and a big bag that says swag on it. Exactly. That's what we need. <laughs> Little domino mask. Mm-hmm. All right, everybody. Hands in. Get in quick. Get in quiet. If the Buddhas come to life, run away. Bowl heist on three. One, two, three. Bowl heist. Nice. <laughs> I love that. Boy. Okay, what what next? Indeed. 
Didn't you nice. hear the man? Bow heist. What <laughs> yes. <did> you do? <laughs> we roll for heist. <laughs> Says heist achieved. Next scene. Okay. <laughs> we approach one of the tower windows or the windows along the ground floor. Undetected, hopefully. Well, you have to roll a group self. Okay. What, the ti- what time do you go? Late, right? We want it to be properly dark. What late? I don't know, like 10 p.m.? Yeah, let's post, like, two of our number, one each end of whatever alley or road is, uh, you know, is alongside the side of the building that we're going to try so they can be lookouts and uh, make an owl noise if anyone comes near. Like this. Hoot hoot! (laughs) Heaven of wolves. Ah! (laughs) (laughs) Your owl noises are getting much better, Dr. Lockhart. I do, I've been practicing. (laughs) What they use the improvement phase for. <laughs> I should have done yeah. that. Owl noises, art and craft. <laughs> yeah. Art and craft bird calls. <laughs> you can roll a group stealth with a bonus die. Who's got the lowest? I've got base. That's yeah. you then. Oh. <laughs> I'm afraid me and oh. Shen are both stealthy mofos. 19! That's one yeah. of the <laughs> Tick the skill. Tick that thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Moving step. Maybe. Okay. Uh, That is the entrance there. And there is also a window, but it's above a staircase. It appears to. So if you climb on on that window, you'd end up on the steps. More potential for tripping. Oh, no. (laughs) Let's go through the side entrance then. Let's jimmy that open. Controversially, yeah, is is Eudora the strongest character? (laughs) Is she? Good lord. I think we're all the strongest. Yeah, we don't we all have 60? Yeah, I'm 60. Yeah. Yeah. Let's join Uh, ourselves together. (laughs) With our powers combined, we are Captain Planet. (laughs) (laughs) So it's either a locksmith or a hard strength roll to open the door. Okay. If a couple of us sort of lean on the crowbar, can we get a bonus die on that? Hmm. Yeah. He's feeling brave. Okay. Go, Eudora. All right, I'll, I'll happily be on the crowbar because I don't want to be on watch because my owl noises are terrible. <laughs> is, is someone going to keep watch? Asina can go on watch. She's uh, got okay spot hidden, I think. Oh, Timor's got decent eyes as well. He'll keep an eye out. All right, me and Sophie are pushing the uh, crowbar then. Let's go. Oh, yes. Go. 24, that's a hard success. Yeah. Nice. nice. Awesome. You managed to open the door. I say this is exciting. I would recommend speaking as little as possible. I don't want to enter that main gallery. Yes, let's skirt around the outside. I don't trust those Buddha statues. Remind me, what happened in your vision? We were surrounded by the Buddha statues that were slowly closing in on us in the dark. That does sound unpleasant. Mm. Uh, Eudora uncovers a flashlight and... uh... Casts it carefully around the room. Any any movement from the statues? No. She thought about it, guys. Sofian draws out his Webley 88 revolver. Come. Let's go. Let's get the balls and get the fuck out of here. Have we left the door in a state where I can pull it to and it, it isn't obviously broken into from outside? Well, since you did it with a strength roll, <laughs> uh, I guess you can roll me... Carpentry. <laughs> a mechanical repair <laughs> to see if you can, like, 
prop it, I guess, well enough. I don't know. <laughs> I'll give that a go. Does anybody have mechanical repair? I have 20, mm. but uh, that's a 59, oh, that's so fair. no go. How does Hasina feel about maybe staying on lookout outside and just kind of hanging out in front of the door? Like she's, you know, just having a quiet smoke, <laughs> as you do. You know that it's always a good idea to leave the indefinitely insane person by themselves, so I say that's a great plan. <laughs> well, there's oh, no wow. Buddha statues out here, so technically this she's safer. True. This is true. <laughs> I think leaving anybody by the door will draw more attention. Mm. Especially a woman standing on her own, I think, yeah. Yes. Mm. None of us are inconspicuous, with the possible exception of Sofian. All right, well, let's just be quick then, I suppose. In and out, eh? Yes. All right. Come along, Casina. Let's go. I think they were over there, yes? I'm going to have a, a quick look around before before I follow Eudora, just to make sure that there's nobody who's watching us or anything that looks a bit suspicious. I say okay. suspicious as we break into a museum. <laughs> anybody more <laughs> suspicious than us? No, uh... No relevance here, uh, Hasina, but do you know how reality check roles work? Uh, I don't think so. You have to remind me. Reality check. So if anything you experience you believe to be a hallucination or an illusion, and you're not sure that it's reality, you can ask for a reality check. A reality check... It's a sanity roll. If you fail, you lose one sanity point. This, of course, would uh, cause a bout of madness for you. Mm. If you succeed, then you see through the delusion, delusion, and I must describe what you're actually seeing. Right. So, but I, I don't and have then, to do that. Is that right? If I, I could just say it, see the thing, and. Just kind of not question that, or would seeing the thing and, and accepting it lead to the sand loss? Uh, depends on what the thing is. Right. So that is um, that is a little refresher on a on a not very often used rule that mm. has no application here. So don't worry about it. Okay. Asina. <laughs> yes. Looking around the display cabinets, there are some. Ancient Egyptian artifacts, among other things. And you look at a, an open sarcophagus that you normally would expect would only contain a mummy. But this one, you're fairly certain, contains a seemingly delicious, recently deceased person. Oh no. A one weakness. Okay, so I'm guessing this means that she's going to be tempted and she's staring at it. It is behind a glass case as well and you're definitely very much drawn to it. So Hasina sort of loses interest in the case with the bowls in it and just sort of wanders over and starts looking at this sarcophagus she puts her hand up against the glass, kind of giving it a, an experimental sort of push. Kind of see, you know, is it is it loose at all? Is it 
Is there any weakness that she can see around the case? She's she's kind of she's uh she's got a powerful hunger on her. Well, Eudora, who came back to the door to fetch her, would like turn around and be like, oh, "Don't don't dawdle. We're trying to. Do- what, what are you doing? This body, it's it's fresh. Don't you see? I look at the body. Is it fresh? Can't you smell it? Looks like a thousand-year-old mummy. Hasina, I, I want it. Oh goodness, not this again! I'm Look, hungry. I know, dear. I know. Look, I, I, we'll... I need it. I, I... oh, <laughs> uh, Timur, just step over here, would you? Oh, you do. You're being too loud. Yes. Well, we're having a little bit of a, a crisis over here. Listen, Hasina, this. Look at me. That's a mummy. It's at least a thousand years old. And, and quite apart from anything else, it'll be so stringy and gamey. All right, tomorrow we'll go find a nice butcher, okay? And we'll, we'll get you sorted out. Right now, we're here for something very important. Now, Timor, just, just help me with her, would you? Timor will be slowly working his way to try and get between the sarcophagus and Hasina. Just nice and subtle, putting himself between the two things if he can, and then putting his arm around her shoulders and sort of firmly trying to pull her away. Sina, please roll me a power roll. And if you fail, then you won't move slow enough for Timor to be able to do that. I did fail. I got 93. Sina has already begun trying to access the body. God damn it, we should have left her on lookout, you guys. (laughs) Sorry. <laughs> Did you so say it's behind kind of, glass? She's kind of rattling the case a little bit and starting to not not exactly punch it, but just sort of hit it lightly, just kind of. So she's just trying to get through this glass case. I can smell it. Sina. It's delicious. Hasina, please. I do not wish to... I do not wish to be rough, but this is not the time. Give me a group luck, please. Oh, come on. <laughs> oh. No, 34. There oh, is no. a fire extinguisher right next to Hasina that she knows she can use to break the glass. And she looks at the fire extinguisher and then she looks at the glass. Then she lunges for the fire extinguisher. Okay, and Timur will try and tackle her then rugby style. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Sophian takes off towards the bowl case because I know this is going to cause a major sound and he wants to just get there, get to them and hopefully get out of here with them before anyone's alerted by these. Uh, this um, massive smash he's about to do. Excellent. If you can time it right, we'll get both the snack and the bowls. Let's go into <laughs> dexterity order. Timor, you can roll me a fighting maneuver, so brawl. And Hasina, would you like to dodge or fight back? I think she's going to dodge. Okay. Oh, that's a lovely fail from Timur. And my dodge is a pass. Just about. Give it a tick. Asina dodges away from Timur trying to tackle her. She's very single-minded. She has decided what she needs to do. Please. She grabs the fire extinguisher. Asina, give me a strength roll, please. Oh no, I passed. (laughs) And the glass case 
smashes oh. everywhere, exposing oh. the sarcophagus oh. and the mummy. I am a liability. I am. <laughs> and oh, the no. mummy, of course, looks like a delicious corpse to you. You have waited for so long, it's not fair that they make you wait still, especially after they're doing something illegal anyway, there's no harm. None at all, none at all. So she lunges for the sarcophagus, clawing at it, and trying to rip off one of the mummy's arms. Uh, it's Shen's turn. What does Shen do? Uh, I think Shen, sort of knowing what, again, knowing what we're here for and knowing that people think that she has skills for this, will probably look around Torn and then follow Sophian. Yeah. Um, because that seems like that seems like the right thing for her to be doing. She's not going to be any good at wrestling with this woman. Yeah. Sophian, you just make it to the bowls. What do you do? Uh, I'm going to turn my handgun around and use the butt of it as a club to break the glass and attempt to grab at the bowls. Roll me a strength roll. I got a 50, regular success. Okay, yeah, the glass pane isn't too hard and you manage to smash through it with relative ease and you can get your hand on the balls. You can put one inside the other. Uh, however, okay. they do take up both of your hands. You turn around and you see Shen Chu is following you. Excellent. Eudora, your turn. Um, I will <laughs> attempt to pull Hasina off of this mummy. Is that a strength or a brawl? That is a brawl. Hasina, would you like to dodge or fight back? She's going to dodge. She's going to kind of writhe about and try to get free. Mm -hmm. Try to avoid it being grabbed. 33 is a fail. And I have failed as well. Failed my dodge. Doesn't matter too much. Mm. So... It's back to Timor. Okay, so Timor will pick himself up off the floor, sigh deeply, and then uh, basically I'm going to try and grab her, chuck her over my shoulder, and start walking out with her like fireman's carry style. You can see that the mummy's already unraveling and has started falling apart Ugh. in her arms. Oh, the curator is not going to be happy with us. This stuff is priceless. Right. Fighting brawl. Uh, I, I'd say combined brawl and strength, maybe, for lifting her. Is, like, that's quite quite an involved process. Not that uh, okay, it matters yeah, my, if you my, pass my, brawl, my, you pass strength, but... Uh, my, my brawl is very slightly better than my strength. So. Uh, and Hasina, you can try to dodge again. Well, it does matter, because my brawl is 62, my strength is 60, and I rolled 61. Oh! So, <laughs> You I'm can spend to, luck. I'm going to spend a single point of luck. Do you yeah. want to wait to see what Hasina rolls? If she gets a hard success, then it won't matter. That's a fair point, yeah. Yeah, so she's she's dodging. She's trying to kind of sidestep and struggle to make sure that she's not picked up. And 72, which is a fail. Okay. You are lifted by Timor, uh, but also try to hold on to the mummy. So you end up with an arm <laughs> detached from the body oh no and she kind of starts gnawing on it it tastes delicious mm. and you wish you had more 
Yes. I've never been so happy to fail a role in my life. <laughs> um, it feels more dusty than you expected in your mouth. Like the, the texture isn't quite right, but you're so hungry. You think you probably have forgotten what it's like since it's been so long. It, it's well done, you know, instead of medium rare, which is probably how she prefers it. Then and Sophia return with the ritual bowls. We've got the bowls. Let's get out of here now. Uh, you grab uh, Eudora and two more <laughs> carry Cecina back out of the museum. Uh, everyone, please roll me a spot hidden. Oh no. Does that include me or am I distracted by I the delicious, you're... delicious arm? <laughs> yeah, I think you're probably distracted. Yeah. Thank God I failed. I just failed by four. Both Timor and Shen have gotten a normal success. Timor and Shen, you see in the corner of a street some children watching you. And then as, they, as soon as they see you, they let out a little yelp and then ran off. We have been seen. Let's get to our caravan and get the hell out of here. Yes. Will they be ready to leave immediately? It is late and they're probably asleep. But they've been through worse with you. <laughs> it's true. It's true. No, it one's, true. no one's being strung up or sacrificed. <laughs> you know, just missing out on some sleep is a pretty minor inconvenience. <laughs> yeah. It's probably not an unusual sight by now, you know, some woman gnawing on an ancient Egyptian arm being carried by a by a Russian fella. A very, very tall Russian fella. Yes, absolutely. This is just like a normal, normal Tuesday night. It might not be the first time Timur has had to hoist her over his shoulder and carry her back to the campsite <laughs> if she's been making other excursions. Quite possibly. Quite possibly. There's a spin-off sitcom in this, right? <laughs> oh, Hasina. <laughs> That's so Hasina. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can't help it, I was so hungry! <laughs> Canned laughter. And as you run off into the night <laughs> with a mummy arm and some <laughs> ritual bowls, having just been spotted by some street urchins, we reach the end of today's episode. Oh. Thank you so much everyone, Brayden, Noxicals, Hal, Lydia, and of course our amazing co-editor Jason. You have all been the best. And a big, massive thank you to our listeners. You're all exceptional. Your listens, comments, and ratings are incredibly helpful. But if you want a way to support us further, consider joining us on patreon.com forward slash stars are right, where you get access to episodes a week early. What's that? We have a new patron on board? That's right. Thank you so much for your support, Nix. May the omens be ever in your favor. We'll be back shortly to record Beyond the Madness for our Cold Elder and Avatar tier patrons. They get access to behind-the-scenes discussion after every episode, as well as bonus episodes, exclusive Discord channels, and more. Speaking of Discord, you can find an invite link to our Discord community, as well as all of our social media links on our website at starsareright.com. Come join us! Now, farewell, dear listeners, until the stars are right again. Before moving on to this week's Beyond the Madness, let's take a moment to read one of our latest reviews. If you'd like your own review read out on the show, go to stazaride.com forward slash reviews, where you can find links to all the platforms you can rate us on. Nat Shiel said, 
absolutely brilliant podcast. It's a breath of fresh air and awesome to see a female keeper. That's me. Thanks, Nat. <laughs>